are now approaching the four-year mark of when the first COVID-19 cases in America, in America actually first appeared. Now, that seems like a pretty long time ago. I remember uh, it was four years since October when I successfully treated my first COVID patients, successfully 100%, by the way. And just to refresh your memory, uh, because it's been some time ago, remember that the puppet president, sloppy Joe Biden, said that the pandemic was actually over. He said this in a 60 Minutes interview uh, on, in September of 2022. Although he did add a few words to that comment, the pandemic is over, he said, we still have a problem with COVID. Now, that's kind of atypical because usually when a pandemic ends, it ends and that's the end of it. But he also added, we're still doing a lot of work on it. Now, I don't know what exactly he meant by that, although you might be very willing and eager to speculate on it. But he again re-emphasized after that comment that the pandemic is over. So that was in September 2022. And uh, yet uh, we're finding out that, yes, the pandemic was over, probably was over a significant time before they even announced that. But uh, we know that by that time that uh, Joe Biden announced this stuff, nobody was really masking anymore. I mean, uh, nothing but except the the ignorant people who just really were not interested in the truth. And people were trying to resume their normal daily living. But for many, many people, that just didn't happen because there was a lasting uh, detriment uh, of multiple adverse side effects from the pandemic response. And that's exactly what we are going to discuss in a serious way today, because there is something very serious coming down that has recently been discovered, and it has implications for everyone. And I mean, those who took the shot and those who didn't. You're listening to Unity Without Compromise. I'm Dr. Steve LaTulip. And today I do have a very uh, exciting guest with me today who's got some good words, but uh, we want to just keep in mind that when this pandemic was declared over, Biden spoke words uh, as his own administration was seeking an additional $22.4 billion with a B from Congress to keep funding the quote, COVID fight, end quote. It was also a time when the CDC's COVID data tracker was still reporting an increase in both COVID hospitalizations and deaths in the United States. Now, was this another Biden gaffe or was something else going on? And that's the question that everybody wants to know, or at least most intelligent people. Well, now we actually have some real answers for you, some solid answers. And some answers that may be actually hard to swallow, but it's reality. And we're going to bring that to you today in a real meaningful way. This is not misinformation. It's not disinformation or malinformation or any of the other new terms they want to throw at the truth. What we speak to you today is based on the best scientific evidence available, and it comes from actually refreshingly reliable sources. It's the truth, and it is based on, you guessed it, the science, good science. 
My guest today is Dr. Christopher Shoemaker. He's an MD, a Canadian physician who has been very proactive in exposing the truth. And I just truly admire this guy. I, I watch a lot of his videos. He's out there on the front line, despite great risk to himself, despite the heavy censorship and much opposition from organized medicine, which constitutes some perhaps 90% of medicine today. Dr. Shoemaker is a comprehensive physician from Toronto, Canada, and he's a member of the College of Family Physicians of Canada. He has had a 45-year career working emergency medicine in both Ontario and British Columbia. He also did family medicine on two military installations in Ontario. So he was ministering to the soldiers up there and to their families. And, uh, and between uh, 2020 and 2022, Dr. Shoemaker was part of the Eastern Ontario uh, response team, and um, he has just done some incredible things. So I'd like to bring him on. Now, he's been very outspoken specifically about the COVID-19 shots, and um, I want him to explain what is really happening right now in a serious way. He's going to discuss immunologic toxicity that has been causing all the havoc. And this is based on recent high quality studies from Britain that has been right up to date. So we're going to give you the facts today. Now, Dr. Shoemaker does have a strong handle on this stuff, and I'm glad to have him with me today. And I want you to get ready because what you're about to hear is a strong dose of truth. It's not easy to swallow, as I said, but you have to hear it and understand what is really happening. And that is if you love your own life, if you love your family and your country. Well, welcome, Dr. Shoemaker. Thanks for joining me today. Well, hi, Steve. Uh, great to be talking to you from near Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Thank you very much. Say, it has been almost four years now. Um, why are we still even talking about COVID? Well, the one interesting thing is if you go exactly four years, you're talking the fall of 2019. And we now know from certain uh, viral studies and antibody studies that uh, really this was circulating as early as September, October of 2019. Although the world didn't officially state it till, you know, January, February, March of 2020, uh, we all now know that this was released probably on purpose in the fall of 2019 by certain agencies. Absolutely. And that correlates exactly with what I saw. I treated my first cases, uh, I believe it was late, uh, late either September, October, early November, somewhere around there. So it's been a long time and I believe it was unleashed. Um, but as I said, it's been if it's been that long, why exactly are we still talking about COVID? I mean, why has this not gone away uh, like the Spanish flu or any other things? What's going on? Well, well, Steve, I'll just ask you a quick question as I begin to answer that question, a question of you who was doing a lot more clinical work at that point. What was interesting about that strange viral syndrome you were seeing in September, October of 2019? What was just a little bit different than standard influenza? What were the added symptoms that those people had in the fall of 2019 that you physically saw? Well, I physically saw chest heaviness, extreme shortness of breath, uh, fatigue, 
malaise, uh, sometimes nausea. Um, there was quite a constellation of symptoms. What I did see is that people were very sick. And what I also saw that opened my eyes, Chris, was the fact yeah. that my patients who were getting sick on the weekends and went to seek treatment by, from urgent cares or emergency departments were coming back and told me, telling me they got absolutely no treatment. They were told to go home and quarantine and tough it out for two weeks. And, you know, the, the uh, rhetoric, go, you know, if your lips start turning blue, then go to the hospital. And that opened my eyes immediately. Like, something is very wrong here. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, we now know for sure it was wrong because in the months after that, the world let us know that ivermectin and other measures could have been utilized quickly for this particular virus. Standard influenza, of course, standard influenza can't really be helped by ivermectin. Ivermectin doesn't work for that breed of virus, but it works marvelously on the one that we're talking about, COVID-19 and related single-strand mRNA viruses. Yes. Well, it, that was insignificant to me, Chris, uh, at that time, because... Sure. Uh, it, it quickly became unavailable. Um, hydroxychloroquine in Oregon uh, could not be prescribed for virtually anything. And ivermectin wasn't even on the scene uh, initially. So yeah, uh, what I used was my standard really bad uh, flu-like illness uh, protocol. And it yes. was like a champ. All righty. And what were some of those agents that you would routinely want to use quickly for someone with a syndrome like that? Well, I immediately used, as soon as they came in, I hit them with a high pulse dose of prednisone, 50 to 60 milligrams a day for five to seven days, depending on presenting mm -hmm. symptoms, mm -hmm. uh, a high dose uh, inhaled steroid inhaler. And that, that was, uh, it didn't have to be uh, budesonide. I, I actually used fluticasone like Advair 500 slash 50, you know, and I used also uh, an antibiotic, either azithromycin or if they were really sick, I just went to doxycycline. And then I used an oral hydrating solution for all the flu-like symptoms like Pedialyte, drip drop, things that we have like there that are actually hydrating solutions. And no. as I said, I, I would call my patients the next day, Chris, and they were already drastically better, thanking me so much. And they were confused as to why in the world they couldn't have gotten that kind of treatment from the emergency department or urgent cares, right? I mean, that's pretty well, crazy. And, and good hydration is crucial in any viral illness. Uh, a good uh, steroidal treatment. I mean, I mean, if something is going on to be like a pneumonitis, you have to do two things. You have to assist the viral component of the pneumonitis with the steroids like you've done. And you then would secondarily use an antibiotic because in the end, it's often not the viral pneumonitis that kills the patients. It's the secondary bacterial pneumonitis that kicks in. And the fact that antibacterial yes. treatment wasn't a standard and important part for hospitalized patients was massive countrywide malpractice, massive countrywide malpractice to not utilize for the geriatric patients who were hit hard so hard at the beginning. Uh, it's always been the proper treatment to use an antibiotic uh, for the assumed additional bacterial component, even though there's reticular and other signs of viral pneumonitis. You've got to go after the possibility of bacterial pneumonitis as well in a susceptible Absolutely. patient. Absolutely. Yeah. You have to assume it's going to happen, particularly in any at least moderate to high risk patient. I agree with you. And I am just happy that you are calling it what it is. This is medical malpractice. It's what it's been from the beginning. Turning patients away with no treatment was medical malpractice, was it not? 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, but uh, I know that you wanted to touch on some other subjects as well, or you wanted to ask your question a little more directly to me at this point. So, for yes. the things that you want me to contribute, go ahead with your exact questions, and I'll go okay. for it. Okay. So, that sound? so uh, you know, everybody's wanting to know. We have been wanting to know what exactly is the contents of this vaccine. And right now, we seem like we're getting a pretty good handle on this. And the real uh, topic of concern today is the DNA contaminant. I mean, how did they get there? And do you think it was intentional, Chris? Is, is this medical malpractice or is this uh, is actual tyranny? What, what's your take on it? Closer to tyranny than medical malpractice because it's not doctors in charge of making the vaccines. There is not a single real doctor in charge of generating these vaccines. The generation is from corporations, Moderna and Pfizer. The generation is from the U.S. Department of Defense, which also owns the patent on these vaccines. So it's the United States itself that is in control of what comes out of and in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. And how these vaccines were made was that they needed a DNA to start the process. You can't start manufacturing mRNA if you don't have DNA as the original template. Why did they have the DNA so easily and so readily, Steve? Well, they had it so easily and readily because, you know, Fauci, who shipped this whole research offshore, uh, obviously had his hands on once the DNA components were found. And he got an email, by the way, from Peter Daszak that in Wuhan in 2016, in 2016, Fauci gets an email saying, we've done it or we've got it. And what they were referring to was the DNA genomes that were capable of, of, of producing the fake germ to begin with, the genetically modified germ, genetically modified by humans. And that's the DNA that they're talking about. It was uh, uh, various technologies, uh, CRISPR and other technologies that allowed these uh, foreign uh, uh, genomes to be in the virus. And those same foreign genomes were the DNA that once it came stateside, once it came stateside, these same genomes could be put inside of bacteriums, grown inside of bacteriums, multiplied inside of bacteriums, such that they then had enough of these DNA vehicles to then start making RNA. So they did that, and but what they promised us, what they promised the recipients of this uh, never-before-done system of mRNA into our bodies to generate foreign proteins called the spike protein that we understand. But what they needed to generate it was the DNA itself. They had the DNA. And I'll tell you in a moment how they very purposefully did not exclude the DNA from what went into our arms. In the end, we have scientific proof that the DNA was not excluded from what into, went into our arms from those tiny little vials. It was included. And we've had the proof of that for three months. Yeah, I, you know, I did a little checking on, on the most uh, recent stuff, and it, it was apparently discovered by a scientist, uh, Kevin McKernan. And um, that's exactly he, right. That's what I would speak to. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And he, and he was, of course, he's been very highly criticized for lack of peer reviewed publications. Uh, and of course, we know the peer review system is completely broken. It is defunct. It is corrupt itself. But um, I, I like the the fact that he described in detail that he, he's verified, and this has been verified, and you can speak to this, uh, it's been verified by multiple labs now, both the presence and the levels of DNA in the messenger RNA shots. And at a very significant level, when you consider the cycle thresholds of about 20 detects the DNA, that is just incredible. 
Um, uh, it, yeah, I'll jump in if I may, and to sure, talk about Kevin right McKernan ahead. and his expertise. Uh, the audience should know that Kevin McKernan was literally the scientist. He's at a scientist level. Um, he's maybe one publication short of having his true PhD. But you know what? This fellow who was just one publication short of his true PhD is nonetheless a very eminent genetic scientist. He knows more about genomes and how to create them than anyone else on earth. Do you know why? He was in hot charge of something called, and everyone would know this, the Human Genome Project. It's a pretty big deal back in the last 15 years. He ran it. He was it. He did it. This man is brilliant. And this man, and informed by subsequent scientists since, when he got his hands on a great number, equal number of both Pfizer and Moderna vials. And when he did with his marvelous machinery, and he knows how to run the machines, a lot of other people don't. And he ran the machines and he tested it. And he said, oh my God, of this weight, the, of this weight of what is called RNA, I'm detecting, my machines are detecting that fully 33% or one third of the weight of what they're calling RNA is in fact DNA. And there was no doubt about it. The DNA was enclosed in something called plasmids. If it's enclosed in the plasmids, it means it's not a contamination. It hasn't just drifted in by mistake. It means that the makers purposefully wrapped the DNA in this plasmid, which is a lot like a lipid nanoparticle, but the two are very, very close to the same. Either way, the DNA was wrapped in an envelope so it would be safely transferable and it was allowed to be fully one-third of the weight of what was supposedly RNA going into you. It was both. So basically, therefore, each shot has put in a nice little toxic cocktail of both DNA and RNA so as to create spike. Okay, the physiologic so, reason, just... And the physiologic reason, Stephen, that that's terribly important is that RNA would disappear in your system within 8 to 12 months. Our RNA, even if it went throughout your body, and it does, it would disappear from your system within eight to 12 months. It would degrade. There's no way it would be functioning much past eight to 12 months. But DNA, because it's able to get into the nucleus of your cells, that's capable of producing RNA in your body for a decade. It's capable of regeneration even as cells change. And even if cells uh, change from as they do, DNA is going to be capable of being functional within you for years. Okay, well, that's what I was just going to ask you. Thank you for explaining that, because people need to realize how serious this is to have DNA in there. And then also, from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but D this DNA has been packaged in lipid nanoparticles, which means it can enter literally any cell in the body. Is that correct? Both the mRNA and the DNA can both do that. And because DNA is structurally a bit more different uh, it had to be in something that's even more sophisticated than a lipid nanoparticle. That something is called a plasmid. And that little spaceship has a unique ability to not just enter the cells of your body, like your brain cells, your heart cells, and your kidney cells. It Once it's in the cytoplasm, it can go then on physically into the nucleus. The plasmid is what makes the DNA safe to get physically into the center point of your cells and become part of the center point of your cells for your future life. Thank okay, you very so, much, Pfizer, Moderna. Yes. So you're saying that with this DNA in the shots, and you're saying up to a third uh, of the the content of each shot has uh, is DNA. Is DNA. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now uh, there's 
I, I want you to address another thing, uh, the SV40 promoter genetic sequence. Could you explain how that gets the DNA into the nucleus of the cells and what that means for the average person? Um, I'm continuing to educate myself on that and can't speak with quite the expertise I would like to, but I will say this. From the oncologists and the people who understand cancer production and the like, they fully understand that SV40, in other words, the fourth simian virus, 40th, the 40th simian virus um, uh, that was utilized and, and made because of cell cultures and because of fetal cell cultures, fetal cell cultures that even created the ability to have this in vaccine lines. They took from previous existing vaccine lines that were already contaminated with this SV40, and that was utilized as the source for working on the research for four or five years when Fauci and others made this research happen in Wuhan labs and other labs. They had to start from something that they had already. And what they had already was existing vaccine lines. The existing vaccine lines contain SV40, SV40's principal ability is to yes. make cancer more likely in anyone who gets it. Okay, um, well, it's a quiet little thing in the background of many vaccines. Uh, no, <laughs> and that's just a fact. Yeah, and let me, I want to just add a little to that because I want my listeners to really understand this SV40 promoter genetic sequence acts like a switch and the switch turns on gene expression and actually causes cancer. And it was discovered back in the 1960 with the Sox polio vaccine. And right. what we saw with that vaccine was a, an extreme surge in cancers in the same way that we are seeing now with this so-called COVID-19 vaccine. So it's a very serious thing, a component that actually is doing some really nasty stuff. It's almost like we've been targeted and hit with multiple weapons all contained in one, isn't it? This is exactly what it is. It's immunologically toxic is the most important thing. It can do terrible things in the short term. Many people die in two months, six months, and 12 months after the shots from clot shots, from clotting and the like. But the long-term effect on one's own immune system is the crucial reason that this should have never been released and has to be withdrawn immediately. It's not Absolutely. a vaccine. It's, it's a death jab. It's an immune toxic jab. T talking about it in the calmest, safest, most serene way is to just say, it's immune damaging. It's not immune assisting. It's immune damaging in about 50 different ways. If we were to take, if doctor was legitimately saying to you, this shot, it might really help you with COVID, but it is going to damage your immune system in 50 different ways, madam. Would madam take it? No. And should any of us take it? No, because it is producing immune damage to our spleens, to our bone marrows, to the, uh, the natural killer cells that are important to come out of those and do their job. They're being damaged. And when those natural killer cells are damaged, early cancers can start easily, even without that SV40. So you've got a double whammy. You've got your immune system knocked down and made more toxic by the fact that your immune system is being attacked by, by your own immune system. And uh, that's all being made to happen because Spike is in there. Spike is the worst thing that they could possibly put in. They put the worst thing they could possibly put in, and that's generating immune toxicity inside us. It's meaning basically per shot, there's about a five-year drop in life expectancy for every shot you get. 
That's a simple fact. It's being shown more and more by certain scientists. Uh, their observations and their mechanisms of doing that uh, are being explained constantly on the internet for people who can get to it. But stop taking the shots. If you've had three, don't have more. You're already Absolutely. 15 years down in your lifespan. You're down 15 years in your lifespan on average from having had three shots. Definitely, definitely stop the shots. Well, let me uh, pick your brain a little bit on another uh, related point, Chris. You, you know, you mentioned how detrimental uh, is the spike protein in these shots. Now, do you actually believe that there is an effective spike protein detoxification protocol? Um, because as you said, it attacks the immune system, but it also, that spike protein is, is highly pro-inflammatory. It causes a lot of scarring. It enters all the organ systems of the body. Um, what does this mean for the billions who actually took the jab? I mean, can you reverse that stuff or what's your take on it you can't reverse it perfectly <laughs> you can try there are some diseases you can fix perfectly in 10 days you've got a strep throat you take some penicillin and in 10 days you have perfectly eradicated the possibility of you having consequences of that or rheumatic fever or other things there are some treatments in medicine that are quite perfect i wish we had a perfect treatment for this how right. could we possibly at this point have a truly perfect treatment for someone that has something that has been literally so nefarious? But I will still speak some positives right at this point, Steve. I, I wish to speak some positives to, to you and to all of us. Uh, you certainly know of the FLCCC.net, and I'm sure you've advertised that regularly to people to go to the FLCCC.net protocols to assist with vaccine injury or to assist with detoxing spike. They have it as good as any agency on earth. If you wish to tell me of another that you consider equally good, please do tell me that. But certainly the relevant agents, the ones that are related to pine needle extracts and uh, teas and, and dandelion tea and, and nigella sativa and things like that, and of course ivermectin, all of these things can be tremendously helpful in reducing spike and reducing the effect of spike inside you. Uh, I would follow those protocols and I'll stop at this point and ask you, to Steve, to perhaps mention some other sources of information. Well, you know what? I think I, I would agree with you, Chris, that FLCCC is, is a great, uh, great organization that it has produced um, uh, probably unquestionably uh, one of the best protocols out there. But I also think that um, it is still at best damage control. Because when you get that amount of inflammation and scarring, and as you're saying, these spike proteins are continuing to be produced, they are going to do their damage. And there is nothing that we have in medicine that can get rid of fibrosis or scarring. Uh, it does its damage, it kills tissue, and it is never going to return to normal. And that's the scary thing for people who have taken the shots. Uh, my encouragement is that actually a lot of people may have gotten injections that were not stored properly. Hopefully some mm. of the messenger RNA and DNA were denatured, broken down. We don't know. And of course there were some placebo shots, but um, it's just, it puts us in a very bad situation and it angers me very much because as you said, they knew. From the very beginning, they knew what they were doing. They knew the damage this was going to cause. And I think they are singing uh, with joy in their hearts that they have caused so much devastation. That's what evil people do, you know. 
Well, when Bill Gates spoke years and years ago, just in generalities about, uh, you know, vaccines uh, going to help to reduce the world's population, he was he was letting it be known out loud, while perhaps not meaning to, uh, that there were plans to utilize vaccines to, in fact, do exactly that. We have reached the point where this, and I will now call it a non-vaccine, because of course it's not a vaccine. Vaccines stop you from ever getting the illness. You right. don't get a rabies vaccine so that you recover better from rabies. No, you take a rabies vaccine or your animal does, so you don't ever get rabies. Even if you're bitten by a rabid fox, you don't get it. This was not a vaccine that was capable of that protection, and therefore it is a non-vaccine. So if it's a non-vaccine, and it is, what is it actually? Well, it's just an antibody-producing piece of sludge that is doing nothing to assist your immunity against COVID-19. The Cleveland Clinic gave us remarkable statistics from its 50,000 staff, and the 8,000 staff who were non-vaccinated were the healthiest over a four-month study. They were the healthiest. They had the least six days. They had the least COVID, those 8,000 people. The people who were one, two, and three times vaccinated over the same four months, they had two and three times the rates of COVID themselves. And the people who had four and five shots and our dear colleagues in the hospitals who've suffered four and five ridiculous non-vaccine shots by this point, they proved out to have 3.8, virtually four times the amount of COVID, COVID morbidity because they were three to four to five times receiving this non-vaccine. So yes. there is nothing, there is no better proof than that study from the Cleveland Clinic that these are not functional as vaccines. In fact, they produce what's called negative effectiveness. They make you more likely to get and suffer COVID. Stop the shots for that reason alone. We, we're yeah. going to continue to talk about cancer causing and other terrible things, but just sure as hell stop it because it's not going to make any difference to these new variants and the like. It's just toxic. Don't take it. It wrecks your immune system and it wrecks it specifically against COVID. Yeah. You know, Chris, I'll just uh, piggyback on that. I, I think you're being generous. I think you're actually using a euphemism by calling it a non-vaccine because <laughs> this is clearly a bio weapon. It was produced through gain of function research that both the virus uh, a strain and the shot were patented. This was a weapon by design created by man and doing its evil. And that's something we have to reconcile and decide what are we going to do about it. I'm going to take a real short pause and then return with more discussion on the toxic effects of the so-called messenger RNA vaccines. Cofix RX nasal solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flu, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. 
No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. Dr. Steve Latulip here with my guest, Dr. Christopher Shoemaker. Remember, my show uh, airs at 5 p.m. Eastern on the weekends, both Saturday and Sunday. It then goes to podcast. And please remember, you can go to AmericaOutloud.news for lots of really awesome articles and podcasts where you will get the absolute uncensored truth that you will not find on the propaganda platforms of mainstream and legacy media. You just won't find the truth on any of those sites. And I'd suggest you just flush them and get rid of them and introduce people to the independent podcasters and those who are not censored because truth is what we need. It is the source of our liberty and all truth comes from God himself. And we must become a nation under God based on that given fact. So I've been very blessed today to have Dr. Christopher Shoemaker with me. He is a physician from Ontario who's been doing a superb job in getting the word out that we are in essence, at war. We cannot call it anything else, Chris, right? I mean, it's it's what we are facing. Now, let me just ask you. Uh, yep, yep, does, and yep, I agree. <laughs> okay, good. Now, does the messenger RNA technology itself, do you think this has any potential use for good somewhere along the line, or should we just scrap it? Uh, scrap it is the only thing to do, and I can give you some reasons for that, Steve. 
the audience may well not know that attempts to use messenger RNA for certain other conditions prior to COVID never occurred. 15 to 20 years of finding a potential safe use for messenger RNA encapsulated in lipid nanoparticles was done. And in those 15 years, even just putting lipid nanoparticles into humans was toxic to them without any RNA. It was always dangerous. There was always more risk than benefit. The only patients who ever received mRNA injected into them over those 15 years were people who had five months to live with brain cancer. They couldn't legitimately use it for anyone else who was otherwise, in a sense, had a milder condition. If it wasn't going to kill them within five months, the scientific ethics did not allow these ridiculous things that Moderna and other had been working on. They had no market. The reason there was no market, it was too lethal. Yeah. How do you like that? Yeah, That's and, the fact. And, up until 2019, it was too lethal to be used. And exactly. because certain people had fingers on the levers of power and certainly didn't care about lethality, they were willing to mechanistically use it. And it's been a tragedy. Well, you know, if there's any good coming out of this, I mean, it, it, and it's hard to find, I'll admit, but people are now rethinking the benefits of all vaccines. I mean, if we look at the evidence, they suggest that there's a lot more problems associated with any and all vaccines uh, versus the good that they might do. I mean, unvaccinated kids do seem to do better all the way around with regard to autism, less sickness. They're just more stable in every way. And of course, we have Dr. Paul Thomas in Portland, Oregon who was destroyed for publishing a book on childhood vaccines and just citing his his evidence and his research that was actually published in a peer-reviewed medical journal and they totally destroyed him so um would you are you more uh reticent to take any other shots at this time well i had never had a shot in my arm in 30 years well the I'm last 30 years uh, you know i took my childhood vaccination shots which might have totaled in the early 1950s, I probably got at most 12 jabs in my arm from ages zero to 18, at most. Now a person from age zero to 18 will get about 85 to 90 shots in their arms. So what do you recommend for parents? Uh, Should they be vaccinating their kids or what's your take on that, Chris? Just do your own risk benefit assessment and study the Amish and see how they're doing. And uh, I would... uh, I would I would take very little for my grandchild. I would recommend very little for my grandchild. Uh, um, uh, and, and why is that? It's because the adjuvants that go that these go with. It's not just the reaction to the glycols, et cetera, but right. uh, the adjuvants, the the mercury adjuvants, the aluminum adjuvants, any of these things have a natural proclivity to go to and wire up your brain. For some, when your brain gets wired up, you're dead of a seizure two days after taking the shot, or you die of SIDS two days after taking the shot. For some, it's a slower thing. And the wiring change and the aluminum and the mercury that's in your brain uh, starts to change how your two hemispheres can talk to each other. And as it does that, you are then a little stranger. You're a little different. You're a little less verbal. My goodness, you've actually got a condition called autism. And it's because of the adjuvants that are physically within those shots. So uh, I'm learning these things. I've learned way more in the last two years about these things that I did not know before, but I certainly would say and subscribe that uh, Turtles All the Way Down and any number of excellent books on the risks of vaccines must be taken terribly seriously by all citizens of the world because otherwise 
your chance of a child with autism or your chance of a child with chronic seizures and paralysis or your child with terrible defects of brain function do go up. Uh, it's just yeah. a tragic truth. It is. You know, I'm so glad you uh, pointed that out. What, what we don't want is people to say, hey, look, we're telling you we've got the truth. We don't want you to swallow it hook, line and sinker from us because, hey, we could be deceiving you, too. Right. I and mean, that's the kind of world we live in. But what we are encouraging you to do is do your best to investigate for yourself, because if you are sincere in investigating the truth, you'll find it and you will make your own rational decisions that could very possibly save your life and prolong your life in this world that we live in right now. So I want to shift gears a little bit, Chris. Um, Do you envision that another man-made pandemic is going to come soon, say before the 2024 election here in America? There could be things that would go on by these same nefarious people that have been working for uh, a decade and a half or longer on creating this first non-vaccine uh, they clearly are working away on making others. Okay, so let's say this happens, and let's say it does happen uh, before the election, like it did the last time. How do you think people are going to respond to another pandemic? I mean, if and when it comes, I, and I think it's just a matter of time before it does. Do you think there will be a different response this time? Well, uh, there ought to be, and 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 and. And, but for me to make a pontification on that would imply that I'm an expert in political science and behavioral psychology and how people are going to function sociologically. And I'm not going to say that I have that expertise, but I, I'm going to switch gears on you for a moment, Steve, and answer it by giving the audience this information. And then maybe with this information, they will be even more likely to resist, totally resist, if another uh, psyops like this happens. Go for it. The, the reason to resist is that a lot of people say, well, wh- what's this? Let's just talk about myocarditis for a moment. They say, what is this myocarditis? Why do the heart cells die? Why do they die? Is it spike killing the cells or sort of inflammation about the spike? Like what's actually killing 10,000 heart cells? What's actually doing it, doctor? And I can tell with them with clarity because Dr. Michael Palmer, who's a uh, uh, an immunologist here in Canada, uh, Arnie Burkhardt, a pathologist in in the in Germany, uh, Sukarit Bakti, and a uh, another eminent uh, pathologist of the world, both Thailand and Germany, all these three people have given us the pathology. They've looked under the microscope and they see exactly what happens in the people who died of sudden heart stoppage. And that they see is white cells attacking the heart cells. And the white cells are attacking spike that's within the heart cells. So what's happening is that the heart cells are waving a flag. They're saying we're perfectly healthy in a way here, but we have this non-human protein on the surface of us. You might want to look at that and decide what to do. Well, you know what a person's immune system does when they see? They say, hey, that's a transplanted heart. That's even that's not my own person's heart. I'm tied in to what is real in me. I'm the immune system of George here. George's heart has never looked like this. This cannot be George's heart. I'll attack these cells. That's physically what's happened. It is a host versus transplant reaction. The classic thing that happens when you do get a transplanted heart, if you didn't have your immune system knocked out and put on pause and put on sleep for three to six months, that heart would not survive in you because your immune system would do what it should do. It would attack a foreign 
protein-laden heart. And that's why people get myocarditis. And that's why you'll get spleenitis and brainitis. <laughs> I'm just kidding here with the phrases. But your brain can be attacked by your immune system. Your spleen well, can be attacked accurate. by your immune system. The liver can be attacked by your immune system. And your aorta can be attacked by the immune system. Make a huge deep scar in it. And your aorta explodes six months after you've had the shot. And it's all because the shots were designed to quietly get your immune system aggressively turned on to attack against the spike, which has gone into your cells, to think that they're not your cells, and then this aorta splits and you're dead. Or the heart gets a beat-on-beat -beat phenomenon because the electricity going through the heart is having to go in an aberrant direction because so many of its heart cells have been hurt by the myocarditis. And when it goes in the aberrant reaction, you suddenly die in your sleep at five in the morning. But again, getting back to basics, true pathophysiologic basics, everybody. Spike gets your body fooled to think that the organs that it's in is not yours. One last important figure I'll give you, and it's the absolute truth. The total of RNA and DNA fragments or components that go in with every shot. One third are DNA, that's 13,000 13, billion DNAs and 27,000 billion RNAs, a total of 40,000 billion are in you with every shot, trying to get your body to recognize itself as not yours. Please, everybody, this is the actual truth. This is the actual biologic truth. And it's why people are dying in such various ways, is your body no longer recognizes itself and is attacking itself. That's why it has to stop. That's the truth. Thank you, Steve. Yes, that is absolutely the truth. And, um, you know, another thing, uh, since we're talking about these different organ systems, we have to remember that there's a reason for the great push that was laid upon children to get shots. And that's because this uh, same uh, messenger RNA that is packaged, uh, messenger RNA and DNA is packaged in these lipid nanoparticles and can spread throughout the entire body, cross the cell membranes in every system. And one of the places where the spike protein does seem to accumulate uh, significantly because perhaps of the higher metabolism is in the gonads. And so yep, infertility yep. is going to be a huge, huge problem in the future. And in the future, know, the, it's already, it's already from the statistics out of New Zealand, 28% oh, drop in fertility, 20% yes, yes. elevation in all cause mortality. So you're 20% more deaths going on in the country than has ever occurred before. And 28% fewer functioning pregnancies that has ever occurred before. And these numbers have only been in 2022 and 2023. The vaccine started in 2021. By the time we got to 2022, it's in full bore existence. You're yeah. being hurt at both ends of your life. Fertility is messed with, it's screwed, and your lifespan is screwed. Is that enough reason to stop taking it, ladies and gentlemen? I would think so. I would hope so, because if we do not stop, I mean, right now, we still, we're going to see the unfolding. What's the final numbers going to be? How many more kids are going to die? How many young adults are going to die? How many other people are going to suffer uh, from whatever adverse side effects that we have seen? And there have been just so many different diseases, different uh, immunologic uh, 
compromises to the body, we are going to see suffering, I believe, for decades. You know, it's going to take a long, long time for this to get out of our system, if you will. It's Pandora's box. Other people opened this Pandora's box. We didn't. They've done it. It's it's in process already. It will be aggravated. Anything that ascribes to put, quotes, mRNA or DNA or anything that ends at NA into your bodies this next decade, don't take it. Don't allow it in your food supply. Don't allow it in your pigs. Don't allow it in your cows. It is intended to harm. It All it does is harm. And if, for us to think otherwise, we're being foolish, Steve. We're being terribly, terribly foolish. Let's not be foolish. Yeah, but unfortunately, there's a lot of people who are still seeing physicians and other mid-level providers in the uh, organized medical system. And they're being pressured, Chris, you know, uh, people need to just have uh, the the mindset. They are going to just say no to the shots. Just like we told our kids say no to drugs, just say no. It's your life that is on the line. If you take these shots and they are going to even further refine the technology, this is not going to get get better. It's only going to get worse. I believe. Well, uh, it's up to the sheriffs. Now, uh, people who are listening to this, who have a skill set. I don't walk around wearing a gun. I'm not allowed to, I'm not uh, sworn in as a keeper of the law, but people who are keepers of the law are humans also. They should be concerned for the families in America. They should take things in a legal process to start serving and ending this. Uh, It is, as Florida has said recently, truly a bioweapon, a harming weapon. It even has a genetic component where it attacks certain people on the genetic planet more than others. I won't get into the specifics of that. But let's just say if something is as carefully construed as that, None of us should be taking it. Absolutely none of us should be taking it. And uh, I hope that's the message that people get from listening to this talk of yours and mine, Steve. Well, I do agree with that. And, you know, Chris, uh, let me just tell you on a personal note, I really appreciate your appeal to these people to saying, you know, don't allow yourselves to be duped. Don't allow yourselves to be harmed because, you know, we have to face the fact that, Whatever three-letter agency you want to talk about, the World Health Organization, CDC, National Institute of Health, or you go to the individuals like Soros, Bill Gates, um, these people intend to harm you, and they intend to harm as many people as possible. And, you know, that we're ta- as we're talking about these messenger RNA shots, well, they're already now vaccinating swine and cattle. They're doing actual research to try and infect plants with these plasmids, with DNA and messenger RNA, so that you can grow your, grow your own vaccines in your gardens and um, inoculate yourself regularly on a regular basis. This is was going to be just purely lethal, and they're doing everything they can to contaminate the environment in every which way. And so, I, uh, Chris, I think what you're saying is, look, don't sit back and just take this. First of all, don't be stupid, but we need to have people get proactive and fight this stuff. Call people out and expose the truth and expose the darkness, the evil uh, don't be shy. This is no time to be a silent uh, majority. We have to speak up or we are going to pay a price globally around the entire world. And we need to unite as human beings in the cause of 
freedom, and that freedom comes from truth. Um, uh, thank you for that summary, Steve. It's perfect. And it allowed me time to think for a moment about, I guess you would call it neutral observers of society. Uh, two of the most neutral observers of society are morticians and insurance actuaries, insurance executives. Insurance executives have to pay out when deaths start rising. And if it rises really suddenly, my goodness, they're paying out three, four, five times as much they should for either disability or for death. And I learned as early as February of 2022 that a certain insurance executive from Indiana, whose last name um, escapes me just at the moment, oh no, Davison, D-A-V-I-S-O-N. And this Mr. Davison out of Indiana had noticed throughout central parts of the United States, uh, close to Indiana, all the way down the Mississippi and the like. But he had about 17 different states and the numbers from it. Mm. And he was able to state with clarity that all-cause mortality in 2021, and it wasn't in 2020 when there was COVID, and but no vaccines. He said after the vaccines came out, mortality had risen within 12 months to 40% higher than normal. 40% higher than normal. He said 10 per, a 10% rise in mortality happens only once every 250 to 300 years. That rare. A 10% elevation of mort mortality is just about that low. During world wars, overall world mortality only goes up at most 3, 4, maybe 5%. When a massive World War II is going on, mortality in the world did not go up than more than 3 or 4%. A 10% rise would only happen once every 250 years. And a 40% rise in all-cause mortality that was going on in 2022 and 2023 in the U.S., that happens once every 3 billion years. Statistically, half the length of the time of the existence of the universe. It should be that rare that we would have a 40% elevation in all-cause mortality. Yeah, that's amazing. Does that got anybody's attention out there that maybe since this only happened after the midpoint of 2021 and into 2022, after the vaccines were released, does that perhaps suggest that we're not having our mortality going up because we're slipping on banana peels? Right. What you are saying, Chris, is that there is a genocide in progress. And you've, you've made that point very clear throughout this entire discussion. Well, let me tell you, uh, Dr. Schumacher, <laughs> I, so, I so greatly appreciate all the information you've given us. I appreciate your drive, your honesty, your courage in the face of enemy opposition. And I know you're taking your hits like the rest of us who are trying to speak the truth. Uh, Chris, where can people uh, contact you or, and where would you send them to, to reach you? Uh, first step would be to visit my website. Anyone who wishes to, it is D.R. Shoemaker. That's D-R-S-H-O-E-M-A-K-E-R, covidtruth.com. It's a long phrase, but nonetheless, Dr. Shoemaker, covidtruth.com. That is my website. Uh, the next way to reach me is uh, perhaps on Twitter uh, at at C Shoemaker MD at C Shoemaker MD is my Twitter address. Uh, through Twitter, a person could send a message through Twitter messaging to me. And those would be the two principal ways. Okay, well, I thank you uh, for all your input. And please do uh, feel free to contact Dr. Shoemaker. Uh, his handle is at uh, C Shoemaker MD and go to his website, drshoemakercovidtruth.com. You will be blessed with good information. And uh, you need this information. We all need this information. And I think that we now have to face the simple fact that. 
all evidence right now does point to the messenger RNA technology being an intentional bioweapon. And remember, it has been funded by our own tax dollars. Yeah, the attack was successful. The casualties are still mounting, and they will likely continue to kill many people and maim many people for years, perhaps decades. How many will be ultimately affected is, our, our, is just a guess. But our job is to spread the truth and just pray that people will listen and heed good advice to avoid further disaster. And that begins with having the mindset, I will not comply. Do your best to fight the enemy by all means possible in every way that you have an opportunity to do good. Do it to the very best of your ability and then you'll be able to sleep at night and we will make the world a better place. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise with Dr. Steve Latour. Adieu.